Hola, bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. I'm your host, Tamara Marie. Before we get started with this episode, I have a quick question for you. What are you doing to improve your Spanish this summer? Summer is a time for vacations, for getting away, and you might even be planning on visiting a Spanish-speaking country. So it is the perfect time to improve your conversational skills because let's face it, if you've been learning Spanish for any length of time and you haven't been having regular conversations, you are going to fall behind. So this summer, we are not gonna let you do that. Here at Spanish Con Salsa, we are offering a summer boot camp. This is an eight-week boot camp that will focus on Caribbean Spanish and also Spanish grammar. So we're gonna be looking specifically at the past tense. A lot of people get confused between el imperfecto, el preterito, when do I use which one? And we're also gonna be exploring the Caribbean with Puerto Rican Spanish, Cuban Spanish, and Dominican Spanish. So you will have an opportunity opportunity to improve your Spanish and you'll also be able to attend regular conversation practice sessions facilitated by a native speaker all as a part of our Spanish fluency club this summer so if you are interested go to spanishconsalsa.com slash summer that's spanishconsalsa.com slash summer Registration is open now through Sunday. We have limited spots available. So if you're interested, I encourage you to press pause now before you listen to this episode. Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Do you ever dream about leaving everything behind and moving to a Spanish-speaking country? Have you ever thought about working or retiring in Latin America, but you're just not sure how you would make it happen? Well, if you're thinking about taking the leap, then this episode is for you. We are kicking off a new series where we explore the lives of black expats. They'll share their stories about moving and living abroad, the challenges they faced, and the new cultures and lifestyles they've discovered on their journeys. Each month, we'll bring you a new story from a different country in the Spanish-speaking world. This week, you'll learn all about expat life in Spain with my guest, Kai Cesar. So if you haven't thought about moving to Spain before, you might change your mind after hearing Kai's story. Entonces, vamos a empezar. Let's get started. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola, mi gente. Bienvenidos al episodio 95. Welcome to episode 95 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. A few weeks ago, I asked a question in the Learn Spanish Con Salsa Facebook group about moving abroad. Now, if you're not in our Facebook group, just go to learnspanishconsalsa.com slash Facebook to join, and you'll be able to chat with other Spanish learners, and we have some really fun conversations in there, so make sure you check it out if you're not in the Facebook group already. So I asked everyone a question in the group, and it was, what would you want to know about a country before moving abroad? 
There were so many different responses with a variety of questions, so I decided to reach out to people who live in those countries and give you their firsthand accounts of what it's really like to move and to live abroad, especially if you're coming from the United States. Now, another thing that really interested me is breaking stereotypes about who is considered an expat. There tends to be a focus on expats that are from either the U.S. or from Canada, but I really wanted to put a spotlight on expats of African descent. Often the reasons that black people choose to move abroad are the same as anyone else, but our experiences can be quite different. And adding to that, with the murder of George Floyd and ongoing issues with race in the United States, there is a population of black people who are choosing to take the leap and move abroad in a way to escape some of those issues. So we're gonna have these conversations so that you can hear firsthand experience of what it's like and the reasons that people choose to move abroad. And hopefully some of those resonate with you and will get you thinking uh, about moving abroad seriously if it's something that you've only sort of fantasized about before. So over the next several months, we'll be sharing stories from black expats that have moved to different countries and give you some insight into how their experiences differ. Now, before I kick off today's episode, as you know, this is episode 95. So we are very, very close to episode 100 of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. And I'm super excited that we are reaching this milestone. And to celebrate all month, we have a variety of different giveaways and things that we're offering to our audience as a way of saying gracias. Thank you so much for supporting the show uh, and helping us get to 100 episodes. Now, if you want to help us get to 100 more, and like I said, we're starting this new Black Expat series, and there's so much other content that we want to bring to you, uh, more from different countries throughout Latin America. And in order to do that, we need your support. So I'm asking you if you like the content that you hear on the show, if you've gotten some value out of it, if something you've heard has helped you improve your Spanish, I'm asking for your support. Just go to LearnSpanishConSalsa.com slash support and you'll see the different ways in which you can become a supporter of the podcast. And if you sign up in the next two weeks, you will get a free one-on-one Spanish lesson with one of the amazing coaches in the Spanish Con Salsa team. So all you have to do is go to LearnSpanishConSalsa.com slash support. We have several different options for how you can become a supporter of the show. And once you sign up, you'll be able to book your free Spanish lesson. And I do have to say, we have an amazing team. I know that there are lots of places out there that offer different ways to learn Spanish, but we really do have an exceptional team of Spanish coaches that will really help you, even if you're feeling nervous, if you've never had a conversation in Spanish before, or if it's just been a while and you know that you make a lot of mistakes, this is a comfortable environment for you to practice speaking your Spanish. Our team is kind and patient, and they will definitely make you feel comfortable speaking Spanish. So all you have to do to get that free Spanish lesson is to sign up as a supporter of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast by October 31st, and just go to, once again, LearnSpanishConSalsa.com slash support. Now, this week, we are kicking off the Black Expat series with my guest, Kai Cesare. Kai runs a YouTube channel called Kai's Foreign Adventures, where you can find out anything you need to know about moving to and living in Spain, all from the experience of an African-American. Kai has been living in Spain for the past three years, and he speaks Castilian Spanish. 
In part one of our conversation, he shares why he decided to move to Spain in the first place and how he was able to meet people in different regions of the country. Kai also explains how you can find job opportunities and which language is in highest demand if you want to work in Spain. We also touch on the cost of living and his experience with the Spanish healthcare system. And this is after he became very ill when he first moved there. And I think you'll be surprised by what happened when he checked out of the hospital. Definitely a different experience than what you might expect. So here it is, my conversation with Kai Cesar. Hola, Kai. Hola. Bienvenido a Learn Spanish con Salsa. Oh, muchas gracias. So um, I wanted to thank you for taking the time to join me on the podcast. We are starting a series about uh, expat life, basically, right? We want to focus on the experience of living abroad because I've had a lot of folks that listen to the podcast ask questions about, you know, what is it like to live in this country or that country? So uh, I wanted to get your insight because I know that you moved abroad as well. Uh, but before we talk about that, just tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, uh, and sort of why you decided to move out of the U.S. in the first place. Okay, well, um, I am from Los Angeles, California, and I have lived, well, when I was 19, I moved to Seattle, Washington, and I lived there for about 16 years. I was in the military, and when I got out of the military, you know, I was working normal jobs, and I was working a lot, and I always wanted to go to Europe. I always wanted to live in Europe, but I never thought it was possible. I just said, you know, it's just a dream. And then one day I was working and I said, you know what, I think I can do this. And so I started to save money and I started to watch YouTube videos. And one of my friends, he suggested um, about being an English teacher in um, a Spanish speaking country because he knew that I always wanted to learn Spanish because my grandmother was Spanish. So that was why I chose Spain. But um, yeah, it was just a change of life, doing something different. I was really tired of working, working, working. And I was also tired of the direction of the country. So I just said, you know, I'm just going to go. And that's exactly what I did. <laughs> wow. So and how long ago was that? It was three years ago, a little over three years. Okay, so you just decided to take that leap and uh, and leave the country. I know a lot of people uh, threaten to do that, right? When they say, oh, I don't like the direction the country is going. <laughs> yes. I'm going to move. You, you actually <laughs> did it, so. <laughs> yes, and I was very scared. <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine. So you said that your grandmother was Spanish, so she was from Spain? Um, yes, and she, she passed away about... 17 years ago and I you know it was very it was very difficult I didn't know much about Spain she never really talked much about it um, but I told her that one day I would love to live in Spain and you know she always had faith that it was possible she said yeah or at least you can visit but you know I just thought it was just a dream you know what I mean like you said people say they're gonna do things and so right. I told her that and I had completely forgot about it and then three years ago I, I was thinking about it and I just said you know why not and now I feel like she's with me you know what I mean wow. so I feel like oh I'm in her country you know and I just wish she was still alive to to see where I am now. 
So you really did take the leap because I know that's a question a lot of people ask me, even when I travel and, I, and I'm not moving to a place, they'll say, oh, so why did you go to Puerto Rico? Do you have family there? Do you have, and I'm like, no, I have, I have friends there, but no, I don't have family. So people are always looking for that connection because I know it's hard to sort of pick up your whole life and just move. So what, what would you say to someone who's thinking about moving to Spain? Uh, and particularly I'm asking about Spain because that's where you live, but they, they're kind of like you were three years ago. They're thinking about it, but they're still kind of scared and they're not sure what to expect. What would you say to get them to make that decision that you did and actually take the leap and just go and do it? I would say, you know, do a little research first, maybe visit first to see if you like it, if you've never been and save money beforehand and then just go for it. It's one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. And I've met other Americans who did the exact same thing and they, they don't regret it either. <laughs> Very cool. So, all right. So you mentioned save money. So let's get into the money conversation because I know that's always something we think about, especially coming from the U.S. We have one perception of sort of, uh, and it's also depending on where you're from in the U.S., right? Like we have a perception mm -hmm. about you know, how much things should cost, like when it comes to housing, when it comes to food and just going out. So how would you compare the cost of living in Spain to what it was in either Los Angeles or Seattle? Well, I think it's way cheaper, but in Spain, it also depends on where you are. So I've lived in many places and I would say Barcelona and Madrid are are one of the more expensive cities, but they're still cheaper than Los Angeles, hands down. Um, I currently live in the Canary Islands and me and my partner, we just bought a house and the house is four stories and the price was 120,000 euros. So I think maybe that's roughly 140,000 US dollars. So it really depends on where you are, but I would say in general, it's cheaper. The cost of living, the food, uh, the nightlife, you don't even have to work a full 40 hour week. You can, most people work maybe 30 hours or 25 hours and they still have money to go out and do what they want to do. Uh, so is the, uh, the siesta culture is still alive and well there. People kind of take off in the afternoon <laughs> and go eat and take a nap. And then <laughs> yes, that's still around. It's not, you won't find that everywhere, but you will find that in many places. So they will have two hours where they completely close the store, the restaurant or whatever, and then they'll reopen it uh, later. But I originally thought this was in every part of Spain, but as I got to make more friends and learn that not everyone does this. Okay, okay, so it's not 100% uh, just go and, uh, and, and nap away the afternoon. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but Spanish people love their naps. I will tell you that right now. They oh, yeah. love their naps, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think that is a cultural difference in, in a lot of Spanish-speaking countries, but I know especially in Spain, because in the U.S., we're so used to just go, 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 and, you know, everyone, it's like this hustle culture, and no one wants to even admit that they sleep, let alone nap in the middle of the day. So I think that mm -hmm. is a big cultural shift, right, coming from, I mean, I'm from the East Coast of the U.S., so I think here it's much more like, you know, you've got to be always productive and busy. So being able to take, like, oh, a 30-hour work week seems like, blasphemy almost here so i'm sure that's a, <laughs> a cultural shift um, yes and so talking a little bit about because this is related to cost of living so job opportunities because you, you mentioned sort of this idea of being an english teacher and i think 
you know, that's probably one of the first things that people think about. Oh, I'm going to move abroad and I'm going to teach English. Uh, mm-hmm. But what what would you say the landscape is like for job opportunities, especially if you're not from Spain? Uh, what types of job opportunities are are available, and is it is it easy enough to find a job if you're a foreigner? Okay, so this is a very good question, and I'm often asked this quite a bit. So if you are in a country in Europe that's part of the European Union, it's much easier. But for an American, it's very difficult because they have to sponsor you and because there's an agreement between the countries within the European Union, they have to justify why they want to hire you instead of someone else that's in the European Union. So what most people do is that they will come, most Americans will come to Spain and will work illegally. And there are, pe- there are lots of people that will hire you illegally. Um, not saying do this, <laughs> but I'm just telling you how, how this works for many people. And um, if, they, if you stay in Spain for three years, you can apply for something called Arraigo Social and become legal. And many people have done this. It's probably the easiest route that an American can go. However, if you wanted to do it legally, there are um, many language assistant programs where they will help you get a visa and they will place you. You don't really get to choose, but they will place you somewhere in Spain to teach. And usually it lasts for a year and then you can renew it after that. So some people take that route. But the reason why I emphasize English is because out of all the European countries, Spain has the worst, how can I word this? Spain has, they're the worst people with English. They don't learn languages well at all. And many people think, oh, everyone speaks English, you know, but when I came here, that was not the case. If you leave the tourist areas, no one speaks English. So there's a very high demand for English speakers, especially natives. So that's why if you teach English, you have um, certifications to teach English, it's very, very easy. Now, is there any bias there towards sort of British English versus American English? Because I know that also can be a bit of a cultural split as well, because even just in, in Great Britain, the English spoken is different even than it's, it is in America. So, okay, I'm glad you asked that because there... I would say yes or no, it depends, because when I was looking for teaching jobs, um, there are several sites like Lingobongo, for example, it's a site you can find um, people that are looking for English teachers, and you'll see some that'll say only American English, you'll you'll see some that'll say only British English, but um, I don't see that too often. Usually they don't care, they just want someone to speak English. But sometimes you will find some people that will favor one over the other. But me personally, I've never had any issues. Okay. But just kind of as a, as a cultural note, sort of if you're thinking that uh, you're going to go to Europe and the English is going to be the same, I know it's probably not a shock to most people. But there are some slight differences. So even with the English, mm-hmm. you might have to sort of brush up on, on a little bit of European English too before you do that. I and, Well, yes, I did have to do that because... They take an English exam called Cambridge, which is British English. And I had to train a lot of students for this exam. And there are some um, things that I had to learn that was British English. But, you know, some other students, for example, they don't want to take the exam. They just want to speak English. And they've told me, you know what? I don't care. I want to learn 
just English. Just teach me English. I've had other students that say, I want to learn American English because I watch a lot of American movies, and American movies are very popular in Spain. They say, I like American movies. I want to go to the U.S. And I've had some students that say, you know, I do want to learn British English because I feel it's the proper English. And I've taught them British English, but I don't、um, find too many students like this. Generally, they just want to learn English so they can, if they're adults, because they want to succeed in their work,、um, or students, they may have to pass an exam to get into university. So,、um, you know, in that case, I might teach them British, or unless they ask me to learn American, then I'll teach them American as well. But、um, it's, I would say, 10% of my experience has been people wanting to learn British English. Only 10%. So, Kai, you mentioned you've lived several different places in Spain before you decided to settle in the Canary Islands, which that intrigues me because、um, I just think it's, it's just a nice,、uh, a nice place to be. Sort of, anytime you're on an island, you've got me sold. <laughs> But I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to ask you about, about that since you've lived in different places. How easy is it to sort of make new friends and really establish roots in Spain? Are people welcoming to foreigners or, or was it kind of hard for you? Uh, to make friends, not only just as a foreigner, but also as a, as a, as a black man, quite frankly, in, in a country where I'm told there's not a whole lot of us over there.、Um, well, no, there's not a lot. And this worried me when I first arrived. I thought it would be difficult, but I actually made lots of friends. And at first, you know, when I first came here, I didn't speak Spanish, but we found a way to communicate using our hands, using.、Um, A translator, and I have friends all over Spain. And I would say I met the majority of my friends by going to language exchanges. And you usually will find them in big cities, Madrid, Barcelona,、um, and they're usually held in bars. So you go there, you meet people, and they want to practice their English, and you can practice your Spanish, and then The person that's running these events, they have English games where you can win free drinks, things like that. And the people have been very, very friendly. I haven't really met any,、um, any Spanish person that I thought, you know, didn't like me because I was black or, you know, had any sort of animosity. Usually people are very, very curious, especially if you say, you know, You're American, then they want to know about African American culture and they have tons of questions. So, my experience has been very positive. Yeah, that's good to know. And also to hear that at first you were a little worried about that because I'm sure people listening might be thinking the same thing like, wow, you know,、um, you know everyone kind of has this. Notion about Europe is sort of a romanticized notion, I think,、uh, in, in the West about going to Europe, but then not having been there, if you haven't had that experience, you can experience some culture shock. And I know、yes. a lot of places have these expat communities where people tend to lean on each other and they don't even really mix with the locals too much, let alone learn the language. So I think that the fact that you made a lot of friends through language exchanges is really interesting. Um, and other, other than that, though, what, what's like the nightlife like? Like, what's like,、um, is there a lot of places to go out, like dancing, go out to eat,、uh, dating scene? Like, what's that like in Spain? Okay, so yeah,、um, I would say it depends on where you are. So, I live in Fuerteventura,、um, which is a nice sized island, but it doesn't have a big population. And I don't particularly like the nightlife here because everything closes early. 
and um, there's not very much to do. But I would say when I was in Madrid, Barcelona, I was in Andalusia, these places, oh my goodness, the nightlife was very fun. I went out every single night with my friends. We went to different bars, different clubs. There was always a party. I will say this right now, Spaniards love to party. You will go out at night and you will see people in the street dancing, eating, drinking. And I would say, what, what is this for? And they said, oh, it's a party for um, our saints for this neighborhood. And I would say, oh, okay, well, where's the drinks? <laughs> I think that culture is also prevalent in Latin America in the places I've been. It's like, well, we just have an excuse to have a party. Like, why are we having a party? Yes. It's Tuesday, don't ask. <laughs> yes, it's like my for my birthday last year, my friends, they threw me two surprise parties too and my birthday is next week they've been acting everyone has been acting very weird and i know they're planning something so you mentioned sort of like people out partying and dancing in the streets and I find this interesting because um, I actually did have an exchange student stay with me one summer um, and she was from Spain and she really was in love with like American culture and she really loved American music uh, but she said that in Spain that they didn't do a whole lot of dancing that they really weren't good at dancing so like what what is the popular music because I like of course this is learned Spanish con salsa so I love to dance salsa bachata and i know they have the music there but i don't know if, mm -hmm. if how the dancing scene is so how is dancing like in spain so there is some truth to this a lot of people like reggaeton and i don't particularly like it too much because that's all they play so i would say out of all my travels the people that dance the best were probably in southern spain because they dance flamenco um, there's another form of dance that's similar, I think it's called um, Sevillano. And they have so much passion and soul when they dance and they're very expressive. And it's so different from, you know, from our culture where it's like, wow, I, I want to learn how to do this. And they tried to teach me, but it was too difficult. I said, no, you, you do too much. You have so much going on with your hands and feet and, you know, but I would say other than that, they are not very good dancers, but they know how to have a good time. So that's all that matters. So is there like a lot of pop music or rock or anything like that? Or is it mostly reggaeton? It's mostly reggaeton, but also they like American music. They like Beyonce, Rihanna. They like um, a lot of hip hop music. It, it, I was actually surprised because when I first arrived to Spain, I was staying with the woman. Um, she doesn't speak English, but she speaks five languages. And we're today we're good friends. But I was staying with her and she picked me up from the airport. And I remember I was in the car with her and I'm thinking I'm gonna listen to some sort of Spanish music. Right. And she starts playing um, Beyonce. And it was, the song was irreplaceable. And she couldn't really pronounce the words. And she was like, oh, Beyonce, irreplaceable. And I was like, oh my goodness. I started laughing. I was like, wow. And I said, you like this type of music? And she said, oh, si, si, Rihanna tambien, me encanta, me encanta. And I go, wow, I <laughs> I didn't expect this. That's hilarious. Well, it must be it must be how we look to some people in Latin America. So we have a you know pretty big salsa community here in the U.S. And it's it's kind of funny because a lot of us dance salsa, but we don't speak Spanish. So I have a lot of friends who are salseros, and they're like, do you, I'm like, do you know what this song is saying? They're like, oh, I have no idea, but I'm I'm gonna dance to it. Yep, <laughs> so yep. It must that's be what how happens. we look. <laughs> 
exactly. When we go to the club and they play American music, I'm like, I'm probably the only one here that knows what's going on. That's hilarious. That knows like what's being said. And yesterday we're at a barbecue and they were playing um, that song uh, by Cardi B, WAP. And I oh said, my oh my gosh. goodness. <laughs> yes, yes. And I was like, oh my God, they don't even know. And they were trying to mimic the lyrics. <laughs> Wow, like, like they have no idea. They have no, no it's idea. Like, it's like when people hear or listening to Daddy Yankee and they're like singing along, like, "Oh, do you know what he's talking about?" <laughs> yes, it's very funny. funny. It's very funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> All right, so a couple other questions about life, just some like logistical things, because I had some questions come in in our Facebook group because I, you know, was preparing for this and I said, "All right, what questions do you guys want answered?" So. People want to know about how is healthcare? Because, you know, infamously in the U.S., we've had this big controversy over access to healthcare. Uh, and, you know, everyone kind of talks about all the other countries and how, how it's much better uh, to get healthcare there. So, how is it in Spain? And also, just the considerations being that you weren't born there, is there a difference in your access to healthcare uh, living where you are now? Okay, it's funny you mention this because today I did a YouTube video about this very topic, but I haven't edited it yet. So um, I'll tell you about my experience with healthcare. It, I think the healthcare here is amazing. However, when I first arrived, I did not know how to have how to get access to healthcare. You have universal healthcare and you have private healthcare, and the universal healthcare basically, when you are working, you pay into it and um, it's called Seguridad Social. And you pay into it and usually you'll find a healthcare center, they're called Centro de Salud, and they're usually within 15 minutes of your residence. And it's, I would say free, but technically you pay into it. But um, when I first arrived, I got really sick and I didn't have the Seguridad Social because it's a, like a social security number and I didn't have it and I had to go to the hospital. I got really sick with the virus. Um, I was throwing up. I was in the hospital three times. And one time there, it was a, they had to come to my house and take me to the hospital. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, this will cost so much in the United States, an ambulance ride. And um, they were telling me, you don't have um, Seguridad Social. It's, it is gonna be very expensive. And I said no, and I had to pay out of pocket. And the price in U.S. dollars was total was 200 U.S. dollars. And I said, oh, really? For all that? That was pretty wow. cheap. Yeah, but I did end up getting private health care insurance first. And you get that through your bank. And there are, if you have a Spanish bank account, you can sign up for it. And they have different plans. And for that, I had paid 500 euros a month. I'm sorry, a year. So that was basically maybe like 600 US dollars a year. I would say the private healthcare insurance is better, but you have to find a hospital that will accept private healthcare insurance because they, not all of them do. But once I started working and had a job contract, I was able to get the actual social security number. And now I just use the universal healthcare. But I would say if you want to compare it to the United States, it's much better and it's cheaper. Better and cheaper is always good. So <laughs> always yes. Good. <laughs> 
hope you enjoy part one of my conversation and there is more to come next week. So make sure you hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast right now so that you'll be the first to know when our podcast is released next Tuesday. That's Martes. So we release an episode every Tuesday morning. So make sure you hit the subscribe button so it'll show up right in your podcast feed once the episode comes out. And don't forget, if you sign up by October 31st to be a supporter of the show, you'll get a free Spanish lesson. And that's a one-on-one lesson from one of the coaches on our Spanish Consalsa team, our amazing, amazing team of coaches that are all native Spanish speakers that will help you get comfortable speaking Spanish. So just go to learnspanishconsalsa.com slash support, sign up by October 31st, and you'll be able to get that free lesson. As always, I hope something that you heard in today's episode has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. Hasta la próxima. Thank you for listening to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast at LearnSpanishConSalsa.com. 